but I also have to see my illusion of myself that I'm supposed to be perfect all the time. And I know I'm not. And if I can see that side of myself and not the illusion of that I'm supposed to be perfect, but really do the work of love, right? This is the work of love, is doing this inner work, recognizing it, seeing my projections. Welcome everybody to the podcast, Relationships. Let's talk about it. I'm Prebo Toplitsky. I'm a psychotherapist specializing in relationship issues. Everybody's got one. Partners, family, friends, co-workers, neighbors, relationships. Let's talk about it. Welcome, everybody, to this episode of Breaking the Illusions of Love. Yep, the real work of love. It sure is. Today's episode is a solo cast. It's been a while, hasn't it? Yeah, everybody's saying, where have you been in your solo cast? So I'm putting it out to you. I just talk about, you know, we have a lot of perceptions and projections and expectations of what love is, especially romantic love and what our, we want our partners to be and who we think they are as opposed to who they really are. So in this episode today, I want to talk about the realities of that, the real work of smashing those illusions of that we are imperfect people, we're human beings, and how to be in relationship with this dynamic of people coming in with certain expectations, certain histories, what we want from each other, and how to actually grow up and be adults in the relationship. Quit mind reading. Really ask for what you want, expressing your needs, and doing your own real inner work. You know, like understanding your own shadow. <laughs> and how that could be an ally of relationships, of really understanding that. You know, in romantic movies in Hollywood, they kind of sell us a bill of goods of how relationships should be. Not all movies, but most movies. And there's one movie that I want to plug that I think is a great movie that uh, is a good depiction of what I'm gonna be talking about in this episode. And I actually saw this movie the night after I recorded this, which was an interesting serendipitous. It's called Before Midnight, and it's with Ethan Hawke, Julie Delpy, directed by Richard Linkletter. And it's actually written by all three of them. It's actually a trilogy. There's three movies, Before Sunrise, After Sunset, and Before Midnight. And these movies were made over an 18-year period. So we get to follow the characters um, in these three trilogy movies. But this last one, Before Midnight Boy, it really depicts how the illusions of love, how do we really understand that and to be with the real people that we're creating a life with. So I highly recommend 
that movie, actually all three of those movies. And I want to clarify, you all know, like, I am a huge proponent of the hope and relationships to bring in your best self, to have romance, to show up in your micro moments. And this is very much part of what I'm talking about. So breaking the illusions of love is really showing up as a true human being, as a real authentic human being in your relationships. Okay, everybody. So here we go. Breaking the illusions of love. The real work of love. Let's talk about it. Hey, everybody. I am going to talk about something that I've been thinking about and feeling for a long time. And it's coming up so much in my work constantly. And it's in the world around illusions. Right? There's a lot going on in our world about illusion, the illusion whether we can know the future, whether we're safe, all kinds of things that are going on, what's true. And there's the illusion of love, which maybe isn't so different when we think about it. If all is love, that's the illusion out there. Yeah, so I'm going to talk about breaking the illusions of like romantic love. Sooner or later, we're all going to encounter it in our love relationships. You know, like there's this illusion that we see in in movies and society that shows us how to love, like romantic movies, there's often a common theme. Two people get together, they meet, they fall in love, experience then some kind of disconnection in their relationship, but then finally discover they really love each other. Then movie over, lights up, show over, And we have this assumption, we're left to assume that it's happily ever after. That's the basic stuff that's out there, right? That we know is a fantasy. Because in the real world, the relationship is just getting started after the honeymoon period wears off. That's when the real work of relationship begins. See, because in those movies, what we didn't see, we didn't see the 24-hour over and over all of those moments that's in the mundane and this couple and these lovers are interacting of maybe doing the dishes, not doing the dishes. Somebody's in the bathroom too long of a shower. Frustration on the computer, having to deal with kids if you have. It's not showing that 24 hours. Yeah, what is it? Those daily hours of 144 hours. Seeing that every day or or 8,000 minutes, whatever it is. I don't know if I got that right. But it doesn't show us all of those moments of us being inside of ourselves, struggling or doubting or the joys or the impulses, being a human being. Now, we know how challenging it is ourself to be with ourself every second of our life. Now we're trying to do that with somebody else also. We're trying to share space, share lives share compatibility, share dreams. It's breaking those illusions that we think what love is supposed to be. Yes, we want kindness and we want compassion and we want passion. Yeah, I'm not denying that we want all of those things in love. But I think that it's so important that we we look at our own illusions of love. We have been programmed. We've seen things all of our life. We've projected what love is from a child. 
Because as an adult, we usually love unconsciously like we loved as a child. It doesn't necessarily mean that that's going to be functional. (laughs) right? How you loved as a child, just think sometimes it wasn't that healthy. We bring that into our adult relationships too. The real work then of love, I think, is is the humbleness and the humility in knowing this, that we are fallible human beings, that we got, when we couple up, we got two people that are coming with scars and wounds and may be broken at times. How can we see the other in that way? Not perfect. Because we sure as hell better not think that they're perfect because we know we're not ourselves. And that's humble. I mean, I got humbled this week and I haven't apologized for this yet with my wife. I'm going to do it this weekend. <laughs> yeah, I wanted, I just want to have focused time to be able to do it and I will. Uh, this week she was getting her driver's license renewed and she had to go to the office to, to get it renewed this time. And I made that appointment for her months in advance or about a month ago or so. And I couldn't go with her. I had something else going on on that day. And so she drove off an hour to Asheville to go to the driver's license office. And after the time that she was supposed to be there and get it, she called me and I said, so how did it go? Did you get it? And she went, no. Oh, no. Daylight savings time just turned that weekend before her appointment. So her car clock was not set to the correct time. So she was a whole hour late and she couldn't get the appointment. And the next appointment is like months away. (laughs) And my reaction was, I was, what? Oh, no. I was like frustrated. I was bummed. Probably gave her some funky energy. Because in some sense, I knew like, oh, man, I'm going to have to go ahead and try to schedule it. And it's going to be a month out. She's going to drive around with a suspended license, blah, 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 blah. And I think I was in between sessions at the office or something. And so it was kind of a quick call. And afterwards, it's been percolating in me. It's humbling me. That is not the reaction I want to give my wife. (laughs) What I want to give her is when she told me that, I want to say, oh, man, oh, babe. Wow, that sucks. That must be awful. I know how that is. Shit, you know, that happens. It happens. Now, I would have loved if I would have gave her that response. Because you can't go wrong with empathy and compassion, folks. Definitely can. That's the work. That's the work of love is to get by the illusion that my wife is supposed to be perfect, man. Like that she's supposed to get everything right. She's got a good track record. So why am I so persistent that she's got to be a certain way? And I know some of you might say, well, well, that's just, you know, that's just being responsible and doing those things. Yeah. And a human being sometimes messes up, especially like that circumstance of daylight savings time. Oh, well, it happens. Can we just flow and be with some of that in our relationships? Because it's the small things and it's the small things that can erode the relationship, the small angers and the frustrations and the 
the small rolling of the eyes, which is not so small, right? Or the shaking of a head or not looking in an eyes over and over as these, if those things build up, mm-hmm, that creates the disconnection. That can create this perception that this person has to be a certain way. And what we can get better at is when that stuff happens to not react as a child. I kind of react as a child, not my adult self, not my adult self of the partner that I want to be. So I had my projections of my wife that I wanted her to be this partner that, that can get that right. That can always get that right. <laughs> always be responsible that I don't have to then do something to clean it up. That's bullshit. And why do I got to clean it up? I don't have to. But it would have been really kind for me to do, which I actually did. I went online and I saw that the next open appointment was about a month away, but found another office about an hour away that was two days later. And she just ended up going two days later and getting her driver's license. So it turned out fine. But I gave funky energy and caused disharmony. And I want to apologize for that to her. But I also have to see my illusion of myself that I'm supposed to be perfect all the time. And I know I'm not. And if I can see that side of myself and not the illusion of that I'm supposed to be perfect, but really do the work of love, right? This is the work of love, is doing this inner work, recognizing it, seeing my projections. Because it's so important to be aware of our projections or taking back our projections. It's that we can see and accept the other for who he or she is and not what we want them to be, not what we wish they would become or also change into and not for just what they can give us, but for who they are. It's really the whole person is what interests and intrigues us. It really is. See, the kind of love that we can grow between two lovers, when there is honesty, when there is transparency, it's profound because there's no barriers. It's only, it's truth. And real love, unlike projection, is the willingness to see the flawness, the fallibilities, and the brokenness of the other person, and also to embrace those shadow elements of them, because we cannot ignore or avoid the shadow for too long, right? It will literally wreak havoc in our life and our relationship, destroying the, the foundation of our reality. But the shadow can actually become perhaps a relationship ally when it's accepted. So we have to look at our shadows, ours, our partners, and accept those in many ways. Because, you know, the one standard for behavior and love relationships, folks, is compassion. And the failure of compassion, that can feel like a betrayal. And dare I say, almost like abuse when we don't have compassion in our relationships. There is little confusion over whether behaviors are compassionate or not. We know them. We know if they are compassionate. We know if they are kind. You know, there's lots of research that shows that love is more effective at bringing us together than keeping us together. 
You know, I've read this and you may have heard this saying that love is easy. Relationships are hard. The truth is relationships are hard because love is easy. (laughs) As a result, you know, we fall in love or we get involved also in dark or toxic relationships because these two are revealing another force within us, our shadow, as I said before. And in order to grow and to be a whole person, we need to become aware of what is really happening in us. We need to become aware of our inner world. That is why when either we are attracted to somebody or they are attracted to us, we need to stop and ask ourselves at time, is it love or is it an illusion? Because in truth, two people, we really don't know each other until a period of time has passed and given the other person a chance to see who the other really is. Yeah. In order to have access to all of this, it's about self-honesty and self-disclosure that is so required. You know, because it is inevitable that I said those projections will wear off. They actually have to do that so that we can see who the other person is, <laughs> right? And relate to them as a real person instead of through our projections. And all this is honest work, but it's work. <laughs> it's a lot of work to be able to see this within ourselves and to understand that within our partner and to learn the communication tools to do it. Love is a skill. It's not just a choice. It's a skill. It's not something that we fall into or fall out of, right? Just that word fall, I fell in love or I fell out of love, that gives me no agency. It means like I'm not in control of it when we fall. Didn't see it coming. No, all these unconscious motivations are at work. Like those unconscious ways that we loved when we were a child, how that comes up in an adult relationship. So another way of saying it is, How we love as adults is how we loved as children. And that may not have always been about happiness or contentment of love. We are unconsciously stuck looking for what's familiar. Yeah, we have our own love maps. Get to know yours. (laughs) The criteria is usually unconscious. I know that can sound unromantic, but it may be the road for understanding. So it is hard to change the types of people that we are attracted to. And we just might bring them more and more in our lives. But what we can do is that we can change our response to those types, right? For example, we can change our feedback when we might feel attacked or criticized from that type of person over and over in our life. We can change it to one that communicates what we don't like or what we are challenged by and to bring our partner, that person towards us now instead of away from us that we might have done in the past. You know, we need to respond to the hurt in a more adult way. That's the change that we can do instead of expecting the external to change, the other person to change, to pick a different kind of person. Changing our response can be a first step. And many of us have had that experience of breaking that illusion of love. A lot of things have happened to people in their lives, right? Their sickness, loss of a job, infidelity, betrayals, 
family strife, kids' challenges, lockdowns, right? All of these things that break the illusion of love to know that we really do have to learn the skills of love and relating. And we're all teachers. We're teaching each other. I failed at a teaching moment last week with my wife <laughs> around the driver's license. I chuckled at in, in a little bit of awkwardness. I failed. It's okay. But I kind of had a, a teaching moment to show more compassion, to put that into our relationship. She would have felt that energy. She can give it back to me, and she has a choice to give, and she does give that back to me. But we teach each other. And sometimes conflict and strife and disconnection are just failed teaching moments in relationships. We fail to teach each other compassion and kindness and generosity and patience, skills to love. It kind of seems bizarre, you know, to, to like uh, think that we need to train ourselves to be a lover. Well, we do. Hell, we do this for being a better what, engineer or a welder or a doctor or a teacher. So we need to apply this emotional intelligence to this part of our lives. Yeah, so I think we should just, you know, remember that most anyone learns under conditions of tenderness and sweetness, not humiliation, not coercion or blame. You know, it's hard for us to be the teachers we should be to teach each other, you know, because our failures get in the way. Our past failures get in the way. So we can learn to do it differently. And again, I'm not asking for perfection from us around this. I'm not saying that we always need to respond in the most compassionate, loving, kind patient way. Mm -mm. We're human beings. This is it. This is the illusion. We think that we should be doing that. But the just the more that we do it, when we bring it to more of our intention, when we own it and take responsibility and when we don't, when we feel remorse for not doing it, and then we can show that to our partner that we, that we intend to change. And then we do. And we do one out of three times a change or two out of five times. And that growth happens. And then we get to be better teachers for each other. Like here, here's an example would be a better teacher. You know, it's like, let's stop the mind reading, right? That we, that we think that our partners should know how we feel or always what's going on with us. Or that we think that we know everything about our partner. Nah, come on, use our words. We need to explain ourselves, our thoughts, our feelings. We got to stop mind reading. As you know, that gets a lot of people in trouble. And you can do your own check-ins around this. You can be really clean and say, hey, what I make up in my mind is that you are angry with me. <laughs> I am checking in because that's what I'm making up in my mind. Even though I'm seeing all the signs of it, I'm not going to be a mind reader. I'm also going to check in with you. Tell me what's going on for you and your experience. And I can't assume that my partner or other people are supposed to know how I feel and what I think. It's great when some people do, but that assumption that they should, that's an illusion. Like I said, it is great when that happens, but we can't expect our partner to 
not be crowded inside their own head with their own world of what's going on and always be able to know what's going on in our world, that's an illusion. And again, that's the humbleness to come back to know that I can't have those expectations of my partner, that I can't react as a child wanting all of my needs met because that's what happens with children, right? They get used to their parents knowing what they need. And in some way that creates some secure attachment. I'm not going to go into that when that shifts and changes into adulthood. Because as, as adults, we have to self-soothe and take care of ourselves at times and not expect others to do that. And when you teach that also to your, to your child, that can be really beneficial for when they grow into adulthood. But mostly that attachment to, between parents and a child, the parent is very tuned into the child's needs. So as adults, when our partner's not doing it, we've got to respond in a different way, not in a child tantrum way. We have to let our partner know what it is that we want or need or that we're thinking and not be upset that they don't know or not be upset when we say, I love you. And then our partner says, love you too, and goes off or doesn't say anything. And then that bothers us for the rest of the day. Those little things that keep getting to us and getting to us like a hurt child. We got to use our words when those little things pop up. It's not about always constant complaining. It's really nibbing those things in the bud, showing our humbleness and our humility. Wow, I was hurt when you didn't respond that way that I wanted you to. I know you were busy and that's my stuff for being so hurt, but I just wanted you to know that that went through me. We can say that, or we can work and self-soothe and have that internal dialogue going on in ourselves, and we can be able to let it go faster. That could be our inner work too. And I'm giving you these small examples because, again, that's the real work of love. In all of those small moments where we can shine and, and have more compassion and empathy and patience and kindness. I keep saying that. I know. It's just a lifeline of loving relationships. Because again, my experience, it is those little things that create that decline. You know, like even my experience, the loss or decline of desire in a relationship, sexual desire, has its roots in anger. Mm -hmm. So we can feel that our partner has, let's say, let us down. And in many ways, or in various ways that are big and small. And we are injured usually by something small, not big. Like I said, like the rolling of the eyes or a sarcastic smirk or even constant criticisms. And then as that ferments, the thought of them touching us almost becomes repulsive. And we can get cold and avoidant. So when anger starts coming up in our relationships, maybe that it didn't come up in the beginning in that romantic honeymoon phase, got to really look at the anger. That's part of the real work in relationships is dealing with anger. Because the more anger that's in a relationship, the constant more disconnection and loss of safety and a loss of trust. Boom. Relationships 101. So I wasn't talking to bust anybody's bubble. <laughs> Relationships, loving relationships can be a beautiful, beautiful thing. 
beautiful moments of feeling of romanticism and closeness and euphoria. I am not denying that. We need to experience that joy. But we also need to understand reality and welcome it. So in those moments that we think are not what we want and we can push them away, we can make them spectacularly intimate and profound and real and transparent and authentic components for real love. And then there's a certain harmony that comes in and is created in your relationship energy, something that you're building together right? This life that you're building together is two people. In a harmony, there's different types of sounds that are happening, but they come together and they make a beautiful sound. So that's the metaphor for us, right? Two individuals, like I said, flawed people coming in, broken people coming in to build a life together and creating that harmony, that mix that really feels and sounds sweet. Yeah, like that Elton John song from a long time ago, right? Harmony and me, we're pretty good company. Looking for an island in a boat upon the sea. Harmony, gee, I really love you and I want to love you forever. And dream of never, never leaving harmony. Never leaving harmony. Harmony. Mm. Come on, people. <laughs> harmony. Mm. Harmony. <laughs> yeah. I wish for you all to create lives and relationships in harmony. And that you experience more and more moments of that in your life. Okay, everybody. I hope you make yourselves a beautiful day. Hey, and before I let you go, I want to tell you a few cool things. This is uh, episode number 133, 133. And just recently, we hit 100,000 unique downloads. That means that there's been 100,000 different listeners listening to the podcast since the beginning. And I want to thank you all for listening so much. It's definitely been a motivation for me to get this out to as many people as I can so that we can create the relationships that we want and really heal the world through this. And I look forward to putting out many more episodes for you all. In this episode, I talked about our inner shadow and doing that work and understanding our work within ourselves. And one aspect of that is self-love, to really understand that we are just all these flawed human beings just trying to create partnerships and relationships and friendships the best way that we know how. So we have to really learn to love ourselves. And one aspect of that is self-appreciation. So I just want to plug my guided audio practice that I have on my website, The Foundation of Appreciation. And in that, I really walk you through the process of the first aspect of appreciation, and that is self-appreciation. It is so vital to be able to have adult relationships, 
to be able to bring the sense of yourself into the relationship. So you might want to check that out on my website, prepo.com. And if you're inclined to donate to the podcast, if this has been a benefit to you, you can also go to my website, prepo.com, click on the podcast page and support the podcast. I would really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Okay, everybody. Yeah. Go out there. Break those illusions of love. Do that real work. Be yourselves. Okay, sending lots of love to everybody. Relationships. Let's talk about it. Is a production of HeartShare Counseling and Consulting PC of Asheville, North Carolina. For more on licensed counselor Prepo Toplitsky, visit prepo.com. Theme music by Adi the Monk. This content is intended for informational purposes only, is not a substitute for professional counseling or psychotherapy, medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment, and does not constitute medical or other professional advice. Thank you.